The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the available lines ahead of the college basketball tournament on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. UGLY, do you got an alibi? I don't know. That win was ugly. Yeah, yeah, it was ugly. <laughs> As the chant goes, man, oh man, the Bengals pull one out. They needed it. They needed this win very, very badly. And if you watch this show, if you watch our other episodes from this week, etc., we talked about the big difference between three and three and two and four. You know, obviously you can come back. From a two and four start, you can come back, continue to get momentum and, and turn your season around. But three and three is much easier when you have San Francisco coming right out of your bye, which is next week, the bye. San Francisco coming right out of your bye. And then, oh, by the way, you've got the Buffalo Bills. Then you start getting into more divisional games. You've got the Kansas City Chiefs, all that. You got to collect as many wins as you can right now at the beginning of the year here. As you get into the bye and then get into that back and daunting stretch. I'm Anthony Cazenza. This is the Orange and Black Insider, part of the Cincy Jungle Podcast Network. And man, did we have an interesting one today. We're going to break it down. We're going to show you the box score. We're going to show you a couple of different things here. It was a lot of fun until it wasn't, if you're a Bengals fan today. There was, there was a lot to like. Early, well, <laughs> there was not a lot to like to begin the game. And then the offense really showed up and the defense started playing well. And then the offense started really not playing well. And then the defense played very, very well down the stretch. And there you go. That's kind of the the tune. But the Bengals beat the Seahawks 17-13 to 13 at home. Get to 3-3. Three and three. That is the bottom line here. We're going to talk about a lot of different things. If you are new here, welcome. You can get this show, along with the others on the Cincy Jungle podcast channel, on your favorite 
audio streamer, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all of the major ones, we are there. Or right down here, if you want to go down uh, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, please do so. Hit the show icon, click subscribe, click the bell to be notified when we go live and when new content is available. We appreciate that. And uh, also give a thumbs up to the Cincy Jungle Facebook page as well. We appreciate that. But um, here we go. The Bengals, man, oh, man. I, I This was a, a really, really frustrating game. And this was a game that I feel like I, – I, I probably feel like what, regardless of whatever side of the fence you're sitting on, I feel like you're probably like, man, should either should have had this one or this one should have been in the bag a lot earlier. And if you're the Seahawks, you're like, man, we were down there. We had a fourth and goal. And little did you know you were going to get the ball back and drive all the way down again. So, I mean, then on that fourth and goal, instead of going for it, maybe you kick the field goal, take your chances, and then you go down there again. You kick the field goal again, potentially, and there's your win. But they didn't do that. So, man, oh, man, my guy, Strawberry Ice, my guy, Jeff Trenopole. What's going on, Jeff? Um, Man alive, this was just like, you felt like the Bengals had so many chances to take control of this game. So many chances to just absolutely get a stranglehold on this game, and they didn't do it. And it really, truly was at the feet of the offense that they did not do it. And I'll show you a drive summary in just a minute as to why that is. I mean, man, they just could not get out of their own way in this game. Um, a lot to like, right? The first couple of drives by the offense, awesome. Burrow looked really, really sharp on those drives. The defense did not look sharp on that opening drive, just got, was, were completely on their heels and then absolutely took it to Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks as more time went on. And ultimately that is where this win should be credited. We'll show the stats, but our guy, Cam Taylor Britt, you saw him in the opening credits there from a, an appearance he made with us when he was a rookie. Our That dude just played the game of his life. I mean, I, one of the best individual Bengals cornerback performances I have seen in a very long time. That was an out, and I don't mean to be exaggeratory in saying that, that was an outstanding performance by Cam Taylor Britt today. Additionally, outstanding performances from the Bengals defensive line and from Logan Wilson. I thought they all played well. I thought Dax Hill had some nice moments in this one. Um, there were some others where you go, man, I thought the officiating not to, you know, put that into whole, I, I thought that was very inconsistent today. And there were some, cool, you know, the DJ reader roughing the passer call. You go, man, what, what was that? The T Higgins uh, pass interference call late in the game. You go, Really? Um, and I'm sure there's some others on the Seattle sideline where they, you know, they probably feel the same way inconsistently called today. So man, I, I, this, I, I know it wasn't pretty and I, it's, it's really, really funny because if you look at your, your Twitter timeline, if you're on Twitter, you see a lot of people who either cover the Bengals or Bengals fans or both, you know, where they go, man, Joe Burrow's back. He's back. Look at this. Oh man. Look at the Look at the start. Burrow was back. The Bengals are back and they were just rolling. And then all of a sudden I'm getting texts. I'm getting things, you know, oh, 
Burrow and the Bengals are struggling. Oh, I don't, I don't know what this means going forward. Oh, they better sit him and rest him. And it's like <laughs> how how odd things can change and, and how quickly things can change in, in a matter of, you know, a 15-minute quarter. So, look, sometimes, again, when your quarterback may or may not be 100%, when your team is not playing up to potential, you just got to find a way. And let's be honest, even though Seattle didn't play their best game, Seattle's a good football team. That is a that is a good, good football team the Cincinnati Bengals beat today. Make no mistake about it. And there may not be a lot of household names. There may not be a lot of names that are readily recognizable from Bengals fans' perspectives. That is a good football team. And I know 14 points doesn't do it justice when I say that. And I know, you know, you go, oh, Geno Smith and oh, four sacks and oh, you know, all this stuff. That's a that's a solid football team. What what really diminished today, unfortunately, and it's out of control, it's out of everybody's control. You know, Orlando Brown, star left tackle, leaves the game with a groin injury. DK Metcalf leaves the game. You know, T. Higgins definitely not 100%. Joe Burrow, maybe not 100%. So you got a lot of your star players either leaving the game or, you know, not coming into the game, not 100%, that sort of thing. So it kind of diminishes things a bit. But you get a win. You needed that win. And you get into the bye at 500. You get to rest up for a couple of weeks here and then hopefully everything is recharged as you go to the 49ers here coming up let's go to the box score actually let's i'm gonna i'm gonna do this first there's a couple of quotes to uh that the Bengals brain trust joe burrow zach taylor talked about here going forward you see zach taylor here that this is on cincy jungle zach taylor has the perfect quote for the Bengals' ugly win over Seattle. And I will pin this in the live chat for you so you can check out that story. Here is the quote, and this is via Caleb Noe of... uh, He he covers the Bengals for one of the local channels here. Uh, Better to win ugly than to lose pretty. I mean, cliche, 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 but that is... 100%. And that is quite honestly something I told someone that texted me today about, oh, I'm worried about the Bengals. I'm worried about Burrow. I'm worried about what their offense looks like, yada, yada, yada. And I said, you know, you win and you continue to get healthy, good things are going to happen. You know, if you keep losing, that's, I mean, (laughs) it doesn't matter. Style points don't really matter at this point. You know, I mean, it's like, you know, the the Miami Dolphins, they were down 14-0 today to the winless Carolina Panthers. And they came back and won by, I think, I don't know, a couple touchdowns. So <laughs> as everybody, I mean, are we, are we, are we collecting style points right now? Or are we collecting wins and losses? That's kind of what you need to ask yourself here. And then again, better to win ugly than, than lose pretty Zach Taylor, putting it excellently into perspective, even though it is a cliche and a little bit of a, you know, something you hear a lot, but Here's another one, and this is from Joe Burrow. I think, if I remember correctly, and I haven't had a chance to really look into this one, this might have been when CBS uh, caught him after the game here, but he calls the second half offense, quote, horrible, but will not apologize for winning. And here's here's the drive summary. We're going to talk about this in a minute. Um, 
but he said, yeah, here's Mike Petralia talking about it. So it was in the post-game presser. Um, he calls the offense in the second half horrible. Everything is ahead of us. I'll never apologize for winning, nor should you, number nine. You should not apologize for winning. Doesn't matter. And you should not apologize for winning against a good team because look at what happened across the state. And I was watching with a friend of mine that game as well as the Bengals game. Look at what happened across the state in the city of Cleveland today. The Bengals needed some help with those 49ers that they are facing after the bye. <laughs> and they did not get it. Brock Purdy got his first loss as an NFL quarterback, which is insane to say out loud. At Cleveland, with the Browns playing their third-string quarterback, P.J. Walker. P.J. Walker was the guy who came in and started for the Carolina Panthers last year when the Bengals hosted them at Paycor. And... <laughs> 49ers had a chance to win it and they had a last you know last second field goal I think it was 40 some yards that sort of thing and didn't convert so I mean how, how many style points you want them to get how many I mean, does that matter I mean they would have taken the ugliest win of all time there to get out of there and remain undefeated and that did not happen so those are a couple of quotes coming out of the Bengals locker room after the game there here are here's the box score and again, I credit ESPN.com for this to show you all this. I just like how they break everything down here. This is a little surprising to me. And I'm talking about Joe Burrow's stat lines because in the, in the first half, he was on fire. I think at one point he was 14 of 16. Um, dude was dealing. Jamar Chase was on fire. In that first half, namely the first, you know, first quarter and first half of the second quarter. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products like Venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations, Icon of the Seas, Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Twenty-four of thirty-five, one eighty-five, two touchdowns, one interception. Did take three sacks and an eighty-eight point four rating. The interception was—I found it to be pretty egregious. I mean, he just threw it to Chase, and Chase was blanketed at that point. Um, I, I, I understand that this is. I understand that this is happening here with a, uh, you know. Uh, you want to get Chase the ball. 
he's he's showing you that he's the guy that you want to get the ball to and you want to feed him the rock as evidence from last week but when you see this 24 of 35 185 and then the, the interception was just uh mixing not a great game on the ground a couple of key first downs but that was about it the long run of the day from anybody was five yards pretty inexcusable 12 carries, 38 yards, 3.2 yards per carry for Joe Mixon. Chase Brown, one carry for four, two for four. You did see Joe scramble around on a couple of occasions and and move around and, you know, get out of pressure and all that kind of stuff. So that was nice to see. But just a pretty – as it went for about two and a half quarters to conclude the game, pedestrian at best for the Bengals offense, and that is concerning. So they got to get stuff – together there geno smith 27 of 41 he did throw for over 300 323 but zero touchdowns two interceptions was sacked four times and a quarterback rating of 69.5 i'm going to show you a stat in a minute that'll blow your mind on what the Bengals defense was able to do to geno smith and that offensive line who had charles cross back by the way Cincinnati Bengals defense came in 31st against the run in terms of total rushing yards allowed. They did a pretty dang good job today against the run, against a team that can run the ball well. Kenneth Walker the third, 19 carries, 62 yards, did have a touchdown, but only a 3.3 yards per carry average. Smith scrambled a few times, four for 20. Charbonnet, not a factor at all. Two carries, five yards, two and a half yards per carry. Their long was from Kenneth Walker, 21 yards, but... Again, 3.3 yards per carry from him. You take that all day. You take that all day. Then you look at the receiving. Tyler Lockett, who has had a a made a good living against the Cincinnati Bengals at their expense there, had a good game today. Six catches, 94 yards, a 36-yard gain. Just, I mean, look, <laughs> the Cincinnati Bengals defense played largely outstanding today, save for the first drive and a couple of other moments, but this 36-yard gain was on the heels of, I believe, is a personal foul or a, some sort of 15-yard penalty that put the Seahawks in a big, big hole. And this is one of those areas where you go, man, you just kept letting them bail themselves out. I think it was second and forever. 36-yard gain down the sideline. Awuzie just looked a little lost in coverage on that one. So inexcusable play there, um, but regardless – you know, the Bengals held them in check for the most part. Metcalf, I don't know what he, his deal was today. He just was mouthing off, and his body language was all over the map today, DK Met, Metcalf. Four catches, 69 yards, did have a 30-yarder, left the game early after a, uh, a a ball thrown to the sideline of the end zone, and a couple of defenders fell on him. And I know he got the four catches for six, 69 yards and a 30-yarder, but – and Cam Taylor Britt was largely responsible for covering him, but Cam Taylor Britt was just outstanding today. Absolutely outstanding. Uh, the rookie, ja- uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, four for 48. This guy, Jake Bobo, I did not, I was not aware of this guy at all going into this game. Two catches for 43. Dude was tough as nails. Two tough catches, including one where he took one to the chops and, and, and tacked on another 15 yards to a big catch he made um, was not aware of this guy at all. Quite honestly. I mean, I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm ignorant. Just a guy was not on my radar at all with the Seattle Seahawks. And he had two big catches to set up scores for them there. I think a score, a, a touchdown 
And then I think it was maybe the Cam Taylor Britt interception, actually. But man, uh, two big catches for him. Chase, six for 80. Really good first half, as it was with everybody. Six for 80. Uh, Boyd, kind of a nice game. Seven catches for 38. Was was maneuvering around. Did have the touchdown. Uh, Mixon got more involved in the passing game. Three for 24. Higgins, just two for 20. He looked a little bit limited, and there were some issues there a little bit. Uh, Chase Brown did have an eight-yard catch early as well. Irv Smith just one for five. You know, you just see it. And then, of course, uh, Yoshi, the three-yard catch for his first NFL touchdown. Uh, congratulations to him, I guess, on his birthday as well. So congratulations to him. Let's take a look at the defense because this is where things really told the tale in this game, especially for the Bengals. And you look at Bobby, by the way, Bobby Wagner, I know he's 33 years old. If you saw what he was doing coming into this game, he was double digit tackles at least. And then some, I think one game he had like 18 or 19 tackles in a game. He has been all over the place. Absolute non-factor today. Four total tackles. Logan Wilson, look at this stat line. 11 total tackles, nine of the solo variety, one sack, two total tackles for loss. Unreal. Uh, Dax Hill, eight total tackles, two passes defended. Look at Cam Taylor Britt. Interception, seven total tackles, three passes defended. Wow, wow, wow. And then look at Sam Hubbard. Set seven total tackles, four solo, one sack, five quarterback hits. Five. Jermaine Pratt in there for six. And then you look down to Trey Hendrickson. He is just heating up four total tackles. One sack, three total tackles for loss. I mean, you see here, Reader should have, you know, it shouldn't have been penalized on that one. Four total tackles for him. BJ Hill had a pressure or a hit late, I think, or he knocked out a ball from Geno Smith. So a good game from him. The defensive line just really, really played well. Camp Sample also getting in, in the mix, a sack. Two quarterback hits for him as well. Look at this stat line right here. 13 quarterback hits 13 four sacks i think it's eight tackles for loss 13 quarterback hits now the seahawks had three and they had six hits on burrow that is just an unbelievable stat 13 quarterback hits geno smith was harassed today and then you see the interception here by Britt. another great one from mike hilton here's the concerning thing about this and we will talk a lot about this in just just a second you have two interceptions in a game against a really good team and a, against a quarterback who really takes care of the ball really well or has been taking care of the ball really well in Geno Smith since he's been with the Seahawks. You had you netted three points off of now. The, the Taylor Braid interception was deep in their own territory. I get it. Uh, actually, I, I think both were pretty deep in their own territory. But still, three points off of two turnovers, you got to be a little bit better than that. You got to be better than that. Um, not much to speak on in terms of kick returns. Travion had a decent one for 27 yards. That was it. Irwin, you know, and then of course McPherson perfect on the day, including a clutch, clutch 52 yarder needed that one. Uh, Robbins did pretty well with, with the punting today, only one inside the 20 of six, but did have a 55 yarder, a, a better output for him than we've seen before. So you like to, you like to see that. Okay. I want to show you this here because this is just an, we can talk about, you know, we can go in depth on plays and plays and plays, but okay. So look, Seattle marches down the field, really methodical, great drive, just had the Bengals defense on their heels. Uh, what was it? 
how many plays was that? 11 plays, 75 yards, boom, touchdown. You're going, oh, man. Bengals, touchdown. Look at that. Just nice 13-play drive, march down the field, force a punt. Boom, seven plays, 73 yards. Nice, awesome. Force another punt, and you go, okay. We're, we're, you know, there's your chance right there to really, okay, let's 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 get three. Let's really start kind of building our lead. Let's kind of, okay, well, no, punt, five plays. Then they, they give up the field goal. This sequence right here before the half was absolutely maddening to me. Now, granted, th- thankfully, initially, I thought that this pass where Drew Sample was going out of bounds, I thought that they gifted Seattle, you know, the guy was going, you know, tackled out of bounds and they stopped the clock for him again but thankfully that was not the case timeout by seattle man oh man first and 10 with 43 yards incomplete pass so you stop the clock another incomplete pass to t higgins you stop you go dude all of a sudden they are in business they are in business the seattle seahawks um so you know just maddening maddening sequence there then you start quarter two and you go, okay, let's get out, let's get out of the half and let's let's figure it out, right? You come out, interception, that egregious throw where Chase was blanketed. Ay, ay, ay. Then they throw an interception as they march down the field a bit. So you go, okay, let's start getting things under control. Punt, then field goal, punt, you get another interception. Thankfully, you get that field goal, and that was kind of the difference there. Then punt. I mean, look at look at this sequence. It's punt right before the half. You come out of the half, interception, punt, punt, field goal, punt, punt, end of game. You kneel down. That is a grotesque, an absolutely grotesque of, of series for the Bengals offense there. Just horrible horrible sequence of offense to end the game there um i i don't know what it is because late in that game there were opportunities and you know and we've talked about you know joe burrow said hey I, this is the best i've ever felt uh, since the injury we're getting close we got the buy on the horizon all that kind of stuff I know he had three sacks and you go, okay, well, there was some pressure there. And I know Orlando Brown left Cody Ford was in actually at left tackle. There were some pressure issues. Left guard was an issue today. I see, I see some people talking about that. Still there were opportunities. I counted about at least three, maybe four throws late in in the game in the second half. Burrow was just a, a click or two behind guys. And they were open. Um, now, one was, you know, one kind of had some guys in front of Chase, I think. But there were a couple of others on on slants and other things where it looked crossers, where it looked like the guy was open, could have had, you know, an easy completion. And Burrow was just a tad behind them. And that is where you have to start hitting. You, you, you can't see uh, Seattle's a good team. Seattle's a good team. I do not think they are as good as San Francisco, as Kansas City, as Buffalo. Uh, you know, I mean, they're good. They're a well-rounded team. But I, I just – I don't – I think those other teams, because of who their quarterback is, for the most part, I think I think those teams are, you know, a tier above, a notch above, that sort of thing. This 
has to be figured out. You have this was a foot on the throat type of opportunity throughout. There were many of those throughout this game, and you needed to take advantage of it, and you did not. I mean, I mentioned to you in that where where it was two touchdown drives to the Cardinal, or excuse me, the Seahawks won. They forced another punt. You have the ball. I think it's wait early second quarter. You had an opportunity to really start asserting yourself. Home field, the crowd was loud. You had an opportunity to really do that and get even three points. Okay, let's make it a two-possession game. And you just didn't. And there were opportunities after opportunities where the bank, they were what? Plus, plus one in the turnover margin. You got four sacks. You had 13 quarterback hits. This it felt like the Bengals dominated this one a bit more than um, you know than, than the score would indicate. So, as you face these other quality opponents, this was a quality opponent. As you face these other quality opponents, um, you need to take advantage. You really do. I see a I see a question in here about. Um, is there an update on Orlando Brown? I will share this with you all as well. This is on cincyjungle.com. There is a positive update. It didn't look some, like something severe because he was still out there in pads and, and everything at the end of the game. Um, but this is a positive update here from Orlando Brown um, after leaving uh, leaving the game with an injury. But uh, here you go. Update Orlando Brown Jr. did not return to the Bengals win over the Seattle Seahawks, but he doesn't expect expect to miss time due to the groin injury after the win. Brown told reporters he expects to be back following the team's bye in week seven. It also sounds like it has been a lingering issue for Brown. So hopefully the extra week of rest will allow him to be close to 100 percent against the Niners. And that may make sense, because if, if it has been a lingering issue, we have seen a little bit of a dip in play now, not so much this week, but a little bit of a dip in play. And I say that we'll have to go back and look at the tape and see exactly what, what happened there, but a little bit more of a dip in play pressures given up, et cetera, of late, as opposed to early in the season. So that would make a little more sense, but uh, Kelsey Conway of the Cincinnati Inquirer reports, Orlando Brown just told me he'll be back after the bye. He's dealing with a groin injury, so he'll be okay. It's more okay. <laughs> Again, Kind of like with Burrow, is this you know a nagging thing? How long is this going to hang around? What what's the problem? All of that. So, I am interesting. I am interesting. I am interested in seeing what, if anything, the Bengals do trade deadline wise because that's coming up here. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, 
everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. There's talk about Volson. There's talk about tight end. There's talk about backup running back. There's there's there are some areas where the Bengals could address, and there are teams potentially that are looking to, to fire. Oddly enough, there was a report out there by Diana Rossini, who I think now is with the Athletic, saying the Jets are looking to potentially offload Carl Lawson. And when you see, I like Carl Lawson a lot. I thought he was good. You know, I think he's a good player. I thought he was a fun player for the Bengals as well. But when you look at the the, the move that the Bengals made and what the Bengals have done since. And it's not just Carl Lawson, obviously, but, you know, the Trey Hendrickson move, pivoting off of Lawson for Hendrickson, that has paid off over and over again for the Bengals. Um, And so it's interesting to hear that the Jets may be interested in moving Carl Lawson. So a team like the Jets, team like the Broncos, they have assets that they are looking to potentially sell off, so to speak. And we'll see if they, if they pounce. I, I am interested to also see if the Bengals make positional changes or what they do at certain spots after the bye. Because usually the bye week is the kind of one, the time where you go, hey, let's, we're going to make a change. And and this is, we're going to use this extra week to study up, to, Make sure we're all, you know, if we're going to make a change, that that person is as comfortable as possible if they're getting a bigger role. And so when you look at some things on this team, is that Jordan Battle in lieu of Nick Scott? Is that some of the, are, are those some of the wide receivers? Um, What's happening at tight end? Yeah, I mean, this is another one. A lot of people are saying this, you know, can you go get Pirine? Pirine thought the grass was greener on the other side, and he thought he'd get a lot more touches in Denver. And I'm telling you, it, it ain't happening. It ain't happening on a number of different fronts. So, and he had a fumble the other night as well, which was, you know, I mean, is what it is, but... Look, you, you take the win... You like this one because it's against a quality opponent. But you have to clean things up on offense. You have to start asserting yourself when special teams makes a big play. The complimentary football aspect, right? Your defense bails you out. You got to pick it up and you got to get a, get a score. You got to get points. Um, You have to embrace that mentality, at least to some point. And like I said, two turnovers, just three points off of them. Granted, they were both deep. They ended up kind of being like punts anyway, uh, because they were both, you know, deep in their own territory. But man, you got it. When you get those turnovers, those are momentum changing plays. And so you got to take advantage of that kind of stuff when you get the sacks and you get off the field on a fourth and goal, at least sustain a drive to close it out. Not even at that point, you don't even need to get points, just sustain a drive to close it out. And you didn't even do that. So again, we're having some, you know, I'm looking in the, I'm looking in the 
comment section. I'm seeing stuff about Zach and Brian Callahan and play calling and it's stuff. They've got to go back to the well these next couple of weeks while they have time to really analyze and review some stuff. I mean, you look at some of the stat lines and you go, how is this team three and three quite honestly? And it's really just talent. It's just raw talent because they're not executing at a high level, at least not on offense. The defense has had three, I would say, two and a half to three excellent performances and then three not-so-great ones, three three pretty bad ones. And statistically, you know, in terms of ranking and everything, they're, all, they're, they're pretty low offensively against the run overall, everything. So you go, man, how is this team really three and three at this point? How are they three and three? And they're not taking advantage of, you know, a lot of different things. Really, w- when things were playing out the best, complimentary football done at its finest was against Arizona. That's that's kind of right now the shining beacon. And that was imperfect because they had a couple of touchdowns called back there. They were not great against the run on that one. So they better start figuring some stuff out and figuring it out quickly because, again, three more division games coming up. I'm sorry, four more division games coming up because they have not faced the Steelers yet. Kansas City, San Francisco, uh, Buffalo, tough, tough schedule ahead. Tough, tough schedule ahead. Yeah, I mean, I'm seeing a lot of defense was amazing. And as we talked about earlier this week, I think we need to alter our expectations of what this, this defense is, who they are, what they do. And that is essentially that they are more, they'll give up some more big plays, but they'll create more big plays, more turnovers, more sacks than maybe we, we've been accustomed to the past couple of years, especially last year. Last year was more solid, get off the field, you know, via stopping a drive, get the punt, and then give the offense the ball. This year is more, we got to create the big plays. Offense is struggling. We got to create the big plays, create the field position, get off the even if we bend we got to get off the field and not allow points that sort of thing so um yeah i honest honest fan here says they need some interior defensive line juice i agree i thought bj hill played pretty decent today though i had a nice play later but they just need depth they need to get pressure from the inside they need to get guys that are and granted, Reader's amazing, but he's not your pass rush specialist, even though he has been a better pass rusher than advertised coming to the Bengals. But you need you need you need extra guys that can that can give you effective rotational snaps. So Bengals win 17-13, a thriller. Seattle went all the way down the field again at the end there, and Bengals held on. Cam Taylor Britt was probably your MVP in this one. If you don't want to vote for him, then probably Trey Hendrickson or Sam Hubbard. Five quarterback hits from Sam Hubbard. Man, he was all over the place. Trey Hendrickson, three tackles for loss in a sack. Um, you gotta like you gotta like what the defense gave you today. You have to be concerned going forward about the sustainability of what the offense is doing. And even again. Even when the offense hit the skids towards the very end of the second quarter and through the rest of the game, it wasn't like, you know, oh, man, they just aren't – it's not working through the air. 
it, but but we're able to get some yards on the ground. That even wasn't there. It just it was a complete shutdown of that offense. And I know that the Seattle defense is tough. I know that they've got a good secondary. I know they've got good players everywhere. But you pretty inexcusable to score three points through two and a half quarters and multiple, multiple chances. Your defense gave you multiple, multiple chances to really start pulling away and really start asserting yourself, really start making this a two-possession game, a three-possession game, that sort of thing, a double-digit lead type of thing. They had opportunities galore. And Hey, I I haven't been watching, but maybe the Seattle side is saying, man, we should have won this game. This should have been ours. And, And Because they're probably looking at, man, look at how the Bengals' offense was shut down in the second half. Look at how close this was we came down there twice fourth and goal we missed it then we came down there again another fourth and goal for the win and you know you kick two field goals you win that game i i I get it but uh i think both both sides of the coin can be true there and i think the Bengals feel like yeah we're happy we won but this should have been this should have been more decisive than it was should have been more decisive but that's going to do it. We got to get out of here. I'm Anthony Cazenza. This has been the Cincy Jungle Post Game Report. Bengals beat the Seahawks, go to three and three. They beat them 17 to 14. So, uh, excellent, excellent job by them. And, uh, hey, you got to figure that while they are, it sounds like they're upset. By the way, it's at 17 14. It's, it was 17 13. Um, you got to figure that the offense was upset. The team is upset maybe about the the output, the end result, the end score, the style points, all that kind of stuff. But you got to take the W. You got to take that and build upon it in the bye week. And I hope that the Bengals do that. I hope that the Bengals do that. I hope that they realize, hey, this is what's working and this is what's not. The good news is, is getting the ball to chase more often than not is working very, very well, save for one interception today. It's working very, very well. So, they got to they got to work on that. Uh, Boyd came alive a bit today. That was nice to see, and uh, you know, hopefully Higgins takes another couple of weeks here to heal up that rib, and everybody's kind of at full strength going in here. Out, out of the bye, big big game out of the bye with the Bengals going to San Francisco and playing them. So, at any rate, again, I'm Anthony Cazenza. This is the Orange and Black Insider, part of the Cincy Jungle Podcast Network. You can. Subscribe to this show via YouTube right down here underneath that Cincy Jungle icon. There is a show icon. Click that to subscribe. Click the bell to be notified when we go live and when new content is available. If you like the videos and what we're doing, give it a a thumbs up if you would. If you like the audio side of things, you can get this show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all of the major ones. We are there. Keep it to CincyJungle.com for all your news, opinions, analysis, and podcasts. Not only this one. Talking Football with Bengal Jim and Friends, Coach Speak and Chalk Talk with Matt Minnick, and of course, Three and Out with Jason and Kevin. Catch them all. Appreciate all of you. Bengals are at three and three. This is about a, a best as best case scenario that we could have hoped for as of a couple of weeks ago. Obviously, we wanted them to maybe be four and two, if not better. But hey, three and three, you got to take that. We got some hard games coming down the stretch, so they got to clean some things up. But we'll take it right now. They are in the thick of things. And this was a tough game, tough opponent, tough, tough win. I I felt like it was going to be kind of this margin of victory if the Bengals or either team, three, four points. 
but I thought it was going to be like, you know, 27, 30, 34, 31, that sort of thing. Not, not necessarily 17, 13, but it is what it is. Take care. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Enjoy the rest of the football that is on tap. And we will be back with all kinds of stuff throughout the week on this show and on many others on the Cincy Joko Podcast Network. Take care.